And welcome to this week's Game Central Podcast, episode 92. I am your host, Gareth, coming to you live on this wonderful, dreary outside, but still wonderful, Monday morning. That's right, I'm recording this on the morning that I'm putting the podcast out. And the reason for that is because Don couldn't do the podcast this week. Uh, we tried to get Rob on, but Rob's still feeling a bit like, about doing it. He wants to do it every two weeks, so maybe he'll be on next week, we'll see. Um, but it's just me, and obviously it'll be shorter because I don't have anyone to go back and forth with, but I still wanted to keep everyone updated on the news from the past week, and want to give you some music, because I know you can't live without your video game music, you little rascal. Um, and obviously the build-up to the end of the year is is kind of getting crazy now. All these games are just up in the air. If you've not played, say, a Metal Gear Solid 5 or a Halo 5, or a Fallout 4, or a Just Cause 3. It's getting to that point in the year now where all the websites are going to be talking about these games, and if you've not played them, then you're going to be out of the loop, and it's a really stressful time. So I've been um, trying to catch up with as many games as I possibly can. So I'll talk about some of that at the end of the show, but don't worry, I won't go on too long with myself. So this will be a shorter episode. It's mainly just going to be uh, me telling you about the news from the past week, for those of you who haven't been keeping up. Hope to get you all nice and caught up. There was the uh, the Game Awards this past week. There was a, a PlayStation conference, so quite a lot to talk about. Uh, just before we start, I'd like to remind everyone that uh, this web this website, this podcast is hosted on a website, gamebanter.co.uk. That's where you can find every single one of our old episodes as well as links like the Facebook page and the Twitter page. And the only things I post on those pages is when the newest podcast is out. So if you kind of find yourself coming to the podcast a few days late, you can always just follow the Twitter page or follow the Facebook page and you'll find out when the newest podcast is out straight away. I don't post any spam on there. I'm not going to be on the Facebook page. What's everyone's thoughts on the new Final Fantasy VII trailer? None of that shit. It's just going to be boom. Here's this week's podcast. Um, also, as you already know, podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Audio Boom. And a double tap, the official video game Audio Boom podcast, has actually asked us to um, to try and work together in the future. So, if you're listening to us on Audio Boom, give Double Tap a listen. Uh, they're only bite sized, like twenty minutes long, but it's a really quality product. I would recommend you uh, give them a listen because we try to work with them a bit more in the future. So. Without further ado, let's get on to everyone's highlight of the podcast. It's Don's Gareth's Hot Gossip! Welcome to Don's Gareth's Hot Gossip, uh, a new feature only employed when I'm the only one on the podcast. You'll notice I've gone from Don's sort of hot and sexy vibe to a sort of a smooth jazz vibe. Some of the bit bit more cool, if you will. Something a bit more low-key. For you people listening at night time, try not to fall asleep on the road, as you will crash and die. So, in news this week we'll be talking about the Video Game Awards, where Hideo Kojima 
was said to not be in attendance because Konami's lawyers wouldn't let him. You know, you crazy cats out there, I have the scoop for you. I can tell you what's actually going down. Hideo Kojima wasn't at the Game Awards, that's true. But the reason he was there wasn't because Konami didn't let him. They were simply taking the fall for this crazy cat. Hideo Kojima was working on something new so intently, so focused was he on this new thing, that he just sodded off the Game Awards entirely, even though his game was going to be winning some awards. That's right. And what was Hideo Kojima working on? Well, unfortunately my sources aren't quite as in-depth as Don's, but if you ask me, I would bet the farm on a Lunar Nights 2. That's right. Lunar Nights, one of Kojima's lesser known productions, but a fantastic DS game that, you know, now we can't make any email gears, we assume. Why not go back to the uh, old Lunar Nights? Well, show us some more uh, sunlight based gameplay, which I know he's a big fan of, being quirky in Japanese as he is. Maybe add some breasts in there, he loves those. This is all conjecture, I'm sorry. Like I said, my sources aren't as in-depth as Don's. Don't worry. Because Don will be back next week. And then you can take solace in the fact that the information you'll be getting is 100% accurate. With no hope of being wrong. What am I talking about? Let's go on to the proper news. This is bullshit. Right, I'm putting this microphone back down. I was holding it right up to my fucking mouth. And that was that was doing no one any favours. Okay. Well, that went super badly. I was going for like sort of a different vibe, but instead I just made a bit of a fool of myself. But that's fine. If there's one thing doing your own podcast is basically all about, it's uh, making a fool of yourself. So anyway, let's get on to the news. Um, there's a decent amount of it. I'd say a lot of it centred around uh, the Game Awards, which were this past week. Um, going to hit on some of the main stuff that was there. Uh, we'll get on to the winners t- uh, towards the end of the section, but for now let's talk about sort of the announcements, the new stuff that we saw, the stuff that had us excited and just the stuff that happened. Um, Got to give special mention to, they dedicated probably about 10 minutes of the whole awards to Satoru Iwata, who obviously died earlier this year. Um, it was... It was an interesting um, way to honour him. They had Reggie come out and he he gave what was actually a very, very good speech. Um, and they had... It was like a picture slideshow set to a bit of sad music. Followed by a performance of a guy. Um, sat at a piano. I don't know if it was like a famous guy playing a famous song. I'd never heard it before. But I guess... Where did it go? It was like... The person constantly wanted to be younger than today. And it was just really sad. Because the guy's not coming back. So... Just to take some time out of the awards to... Make people sad seemed really odd to me. And there was no mention of like... You know, after what I died and everyone realised like... Oh shit, he's the one who... Coded the original two Pokemon games into Pokemon Gold and Silver. He dove straight in and made Smash Bros. Melee for the GameCube basically fucking work. Like, he put in some man hours. He he was fucking instrumental in Nintendo gaining the momentum it got. Like, 
without him, who knows if the Wii would have even happened, which, I mean, that's been Nintendo's most successful thing they've ever fucking done. And yet there's no real mention of that. Reggie touched upon it in his speech, but I, I would have liked, you know, maybe behind the guy playing the piano and the sad music, um, maybe if there was, like, a production in the back that said, like, picture of Mr. Water, and then it said, like, uh, Iwata was the sole person responsible for inserting Pokemon Red and Blue into Gold and Silver, you know? Just some kind of, like, extra context to him as to why he was so awesome. But instead it just, it was really odd uh, just to feel sad in the middle of uh, an award ceremony. So, I did, I appreciate it, I felt emotional. But coming away from the wars, like, you know, like, after they had finished, looking back on it, you were a bit like, that was... That was odd. Fair enough to pay respect, but to take that long and just make people sad. Anyway, uh, there were several world premieres. Premieres? Premieres? There were several world premieres. The biggest, in my opinion, is that we will be getting a Batman Telltale game next year. Telltale, obviously the people who did the Walking Dead adventure game. Tales from the Borderlands, the new Minecraft adventure game, uh, The Wolf Among Us. They're going to make a Batman game, which, holy shit, man. This this could be the best Batman game ever made. And I know there's not a huge amount of competition. Uh, it's basically like Asylum City. No, those are the two. Yeah, those are the two you would argue over being the best. Uh, for me, it's City. A lot of people prefer Asylum. But I think this has so much potential, man. Because it wouldn't be boring to play as Bruce Wayne in an adventure game type setting, you know? Whereas in these games, usually you play as Bruce Wayne and it's boring because you just want to get to the action. Like in City, you start off as Bruce Wayne and you're just fucking waiting for him to put the suit on, you know? Whereas in an adventure game, you'd have to balance both sides of the Batman coin, you know? The ass-kicking guy dressed in spandex... And the cool billionaire who's going to these rich parties grilling people for clues in his conversations with the higher-ups of Gotham. It could be fucking insane. I'm I'm so excited for it. You can probably tell. Um, I'm so excited for it because I'm playing a, a um, Telltale Adventure game at the moment. I won't spoil which one it is for you. Uh, you have to hear it till the end. Um... Wolf Among Us last year I think by the end of the year that was like my third or second favourite game of the entire year it was phenomenal and I loved that first series of The Walking Dead that they did as well so it's just it's a studio that have made nothing but great games for like the past four or five years let's be honest tackling a franchise that everybody loves let's be honest and in a way that it'll never have been tackled before. It, it's going to be... It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for a Batman adventure game. I think it's a marriage made in heaven. I think it's perfect. Oh, okay. Uh, Psychonauts 2 was announced. Um, I never played the original Psychonauts. I have it. It's... I own the game, but I've never played it. It's one of those that I... I got because of the uh, word of mouth that it was so 
legendarily good and then just never really got round to. Um, the Makers Double Fine will be seeking funding on Fig, which is a new platform that lets people actually invest in games. It's not like a Kickstarter. Well, you just throw some money and then when the game comes out, you'll get a copy of it. And you know that the game wouldn't have happened if you hadn't done that. Fig is more sort of like, you pay a lot of money, like tens of thousands of dollars to actually invest in the game. Then when the game makes profit, you'll get some of that money back. In theory, you can make a lot of profit. In theory, you could lose a lot of money. But it's one of those things um, that's not really taken off yet. But Double Fine putting Psychonauts 2 on there could make all the difference. The trailer looked really good. It was funny, charming. Everything you'd expect from Double Fine. I hope Psychonauts 2 ends up coming out. I don't think it's actually guaranteed to happen. It's the kind of thing where if they don't make the money, then it might not even come out. And trying to make it through Fig is maybe not the smartest play for that, but we'll see. Psychonauts 2, a lot of people excited. Me, I'm optimistic. Never played the original, but... I can see why people uh, will be pumped about that. Uh, Ubisoft revealed uh, a look at gameplay for Far Cry Primal. And it looked okay. It seems like you'll be the beast master. <laughs> as they said in the actual uh, the actual trailer. Which was interesting. You know, you can control a bear and an owl. And presumably, I don't know, like a snake at the same time. Um, there was that other game as well couple months ago now maybe um, I think it was like uh, Sony's Paris conference where it was an Ubisoft game I want to say you were also controlling animals in that as well probably bad timing that those two games are coming out at the same time I'm not going to look it up because that would take a bit of time but yeah it, it looks like Far Cry but you control the bear so that's probably pretty good right Yes, it is. Um, Rocket League, the breakout hit of 2015. A game that people couldn't stop talking about for a long time. Um, It's now come to Xbox One, which I think is really cool. It makes sense. I was wondering if it was ever going to happen because that game, in my mind now, it's sort of just known as a PS4 game. Even though it is out on PC, and we might be talking about it in what we've been playing... Hint, hint. Um, that game in my head is a PS4 game. So, I guess good job for Xbox for also getting it on the platform. Though it is coming in 2016. So, you know, a bit of a shitter for Xbox fans there. Only a little bit of a shitter though, because they will get like Halo vehicles and Gears of War vehicles in the game. And it's just, it's without tipping my hand too much, it's a really funny game. So... Good news all around. Um, speaking of Telltale, not only are they making a Batman game next year, they're making a Walking Dead spin-off starring Michonne, uh, who is the samurai sword-wielding badass you'll know if you watch the TV show or obviously read the comics. Uh, if you don't know, she's a samurai sword-wielding badass. Uh, I think they only said there'd be a few episodes. Like, I think... It, I want to say it said three episodes, so... I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be like maybe DLC for The Walking Dead or its own standalone thing. We'll see. Either way, more Walking Dead, probably a good thing. Although, I 
don't know if they may be wearing people out with all this Walking Dead. I love the show. Loved the first season of the adventure game. Never got round to the second because I was just sort of like, well, I could take a leave another another helping of that. But maybe it's just me. It will be coming to PS4, PS3, Xbox One, 360 and PC and mobile as well. So, I mean, if you want to play it, you definitely can. Because you're probably listening to this right now on a mobile, which will probably be able to play it. So you have no excuse if that's the kind of thing you're into. Uh, Palmer Lucky was on stage announcing Rock Band VR for Oculus Rift um, in what was a pretty goofy trailer in which, and if you didn't watch it, I'm not making this up, Dragon Force tried to teach the Oculus Rift uh, PR team how to be rock stars by smashing up guitars, doing a solo face, and uh, stealing tour buses. Very little gameplay footage. <laughs> But some Herman Lee being a, a bit of a douchebag. Uh, I'm not a Dragon Force fan. They they play guitars really fast. Uh, but, you know, it's gibberish. It's fucking gibberish. Play a melody, you prick. What am I talking about? Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, the awards. Um, not a huge amount of surprises. Um, except Splatoon 1... Uh, best shooting game, which is kind of insane that Nintendo made the best shooting game of the year, just something you wouldn't ever think of them for. And the bigger award of the night went to CD Projekt Red's The Witcher 3, which I have still not played because it doesn't look like my kind of game and I don't think I'd enjoy it. But apparently it's the best game of the year, according to the Game Awards. Um, I was disappointed. Um, when you see a game and you think, oh, I don't think I like that, and then it wins awards, you'll be like, fuck's sake. Why couldn't it have been... Why couldn't they have said Metal Gear Solid Five was the best game of the year? Why couldn't they have said Fallout 4 was the best game of the year? Because then, you know, I could think in my own head, I've played the best game of the year, according to these people. You know, but I can't think that. And I refuse to play The Witcher 3. Everything I see of it, it just looks like the most generic fantasy crap and I just I can't associate any of it with anything other than just generic fantasy he's got white hair big fucking whoop I tried The Witcher 2 and it was terrible combat was fucking god awful oh oh, it annoys me but you know I'm a bit of a dick so (sighs) (laughs) Sony had a they had a conference. I forget what it's called. PlayStation Experience. That was it. Uh, it was in San Francisco. They showed off some stuff like uh, Psychonauts in VR, uh, which you know that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> and the first actual gameplay footage of the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's the real story here. They showed the Final Fantasy VII Remake. They showed gameplay. They showed Cloud squeezing through a crack in a wall like Lara Croft in the newest Tomb Raider games. They showed Cloud attacking things like Dante from Devil May Cry. It, for me, was incredibly disappointing. Because <laughs> I played Final Fantasy VII. Um, and I think the only real thing I enjoyed about the game was the battle system. 
the active time battle was fantastic. Materia is such a cool system. Limit breaks were cool. Like, the fact that people are making this argument of like, well, you just want the same game with better graphics. Like, right, that's what a remake is, right? You're remaking the game. You want to remake Final Fantasy VII and change the battle system and change the gameplay entirely so that Cloud is now, like, fucking squeezing through cracks to make it look cinematic. You're running down the streets of Midgar with the camera behind him in a third-person view. Like, that's not Final Fantasy VII. Don't call it a remake. Call it a reimagining. Uh, no, remaster wouldn't work. Reimagining's the word. It's a fucking reimagining. <laughs> it's not a remake. If it was a remake, it would have the same battle system as in 7. You can update it, sure. But to just... What looks like just axe it whole cloth to where Cloud's dashing about the arena like he's in a fucking Dynasty Warriors game. It's not a remake. It There's a bit in Final... I don't want to try and spoil Final Fantasy VII for anybody. But that game features like bullshit comas, cross-dressing, snowboarding against a fucking Yeti. Like there's some fucking bullshit in that game. Let's not hold it up on the pedestal that it should be for its story and characters, okay? There's what? There's like a fucking cat doll being worked by a little fucking fairy on its head. There's a talking dog. Like, it's not... It's not a pantheon of incredible characters, okay? Cloud? Okay. Cloud's alright. Tifa? I see the appeal. Barrett's got a gun for her hand. Sure, that's fine. Yuffie is a person. Just, just, a, just a thief. Just, you just find her, and she's like, "All right, okay." Sid just owns the ship. Like this, you know, it's not the best cast of characters. And like I said, the cross-dressing bit is fucking unbearable. The snowboarding is pants. The bit where, for some reason, the main character just decides to be in a coma for ages is fucking poo as well. But the battle system I always enjoyed. I I liked that you... When you get better at the battle system, you feel it. You feel like, okay, this guy's a faster... This person's a faster character, so their speed is going to mean their meter charges up quicker, so I'll get more attacks off. Balance that out with this person, and da-da-da. Then they've got a good limit break, and then... Like, that was a really cool battle system. To just replace it with what looks like button-bashy crap, it takes away from the experience for me. The experience of Final Fantasy VII for me was that battle system. You know? It was fighting a boss that's like a giant scorpion and targeting each of its claws individually because you have to take them down one at a time. You know? It was going down that lift with two separate teams fighting at the same time in separate places. And you could have, like, I had my set team of three. And then when they made me make two teams of three, I was like, okay. I need to split my, my main three up. I need to divert divert my attention to two teams. And which of my three is going to be on the, the leader of the other second team? And it was, that was cool. That's the things I remember about that game. Gone. Fucking thrown to the wind in favour of what? Speech. All the characters speak now instead of text scrolling cool it's probably still going to be a bit 
where you're like, why is Cloud dressed as a woman? Fine, but don't change the battle system. Just, ugh. It's such a, it's, it's actually such a big deal for me. It's, it's a deal breaker for me. I fucking, that made me so disappointed. Ugh. Oh, God. Okay. I I went on about that a bit too long. Um, so that's the Game Awards out of the way. PlayStation Experience, where they talked about Final Fantasy VII. That's out of the way. Some news that's not related to either of those two things now. Uh, Resident Evil 2 will be a full remake, not a remaster. Which, you know, if people want to look at the Final Fantasy VII remake as what a remake should be, then this game should be like a fucking real-time strategy game, right? Doesn't matter how the how the fucking fighting is. Doesn't matter what the gameplay is like. Just as long as it's got the same story and characters. I'm being a dick. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil 2 game remade. We all knew that. We weren't sure if it was going to be just a uh, a textual sort of revamp. I guess would be the word, uh, or just a bit of an update. But it is going to be rebuilt from the ground up it's going to be let's start with nothing and create Resident Evil 2 out of this lump of clay that we've not moulded yet I think that's the perfect way to do it it'll cost them more money but they'll sell so much more because Resident Evil 2 it's kind of in this place in people's minds where they think that Resident Evil 2 wow that's the game even if they've not played it for like 15 years. It's just in people's minds. They can look back at screenshots and they'll think, oh, it's, you know, it looked eh. But it's still one of the best games ever made, you know? Uh, so I think Resident Evil 2 for Capcom is the sweet spot. I can't see him going for like a Resident Evil 3 after that. That's a bit, that's not as uh, mainline as Resident Evil 2. But at least they're going about it the right way. We did talk about this a couple months ago. Like, we. We thought they were probably just going to do a half-assed job with it. Doesn't sound like they are, which... Good for you, Capcom. Good for you. Showing these other companies how it's done. Looking at you, Konami. You dicks. Uh, PS4 versus Xbox One. Which console sold more during Black Friday week? Now in the UK, we observe Black Friday because saving money is a good thing. We have no Thanksgiving. We don't get no turkey on that Thursday. We don't get no yams. I want to say Americans eat yams. We don't get no potatoes. Well, we can have potatoes. I guess that's fine. Um, But we do observe Black Friday because we love a good bargain. And uh, in the UK, there are only 5,000 sales separating the Xbox One and the PS4. Which... You wouldn't have thought like a year ago the Xbox One would even be close. But it was. PS4 narrowly beat it with uh, sales of 139,000 over the Xbox One's 134,000. Hyrule Warriors just uh, became a thing on my radar because it's adding Skull Kid from Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask with his two fairy friends by his side. Um, I'm a big Majora's Mask fan a lot of people aren't but for me it's my favourite game of all time it was the first ever video game that made me feel like emotion 
like in a real way like I felt devastated for some of the characters in that game and that kind of freaked me out when I was what 12 that a game could make me feel that way but obviously it was just a precursor because games have been making me feel that way ever since Majora's Mask was just the first so for me to hit the school kid is just popping up as many places as he possibly can just thrills me I mean it's not exactly like Harry Warriors was this big hit but if you're going to add some Zelda DLC then you could do a lot worse than Skull Kid Linkle for example <laughs> uh, Virtual Reality Psychonauts standalone and answer PlayStation VR touched upon that um, it takes place between the original game and the upcoming sequel so it is its own game I imagine um, the art style would be sort of a HD version of the PS2 game that would be my guess uh, I don't know for sure but yeah Psychonauts fans have a fucking lot to look forward to I only wish I was one of them <laughs> because I like looking forward to things alas I'm not yet um, last news story and it's one for Don who is not here I was trying to give him a little something a little bit of Destiny news just to sort of wake him up at the end of the news segment because he always seems a little bit a little bit sleepy. Um, Sparrow Racing is coming to Destiny. Now you're thinking, this is great news. Because Destiny is really lacking for content. You just have to keep grinding the same shit over and over again. Good on Bungie. Add as much shit to Destiny as you can. Except this is only lasting for three weeks. For a reason. I don't know what the fucking reason is. Why would you give people something they've been requesting since launch? The ability to raise sparrows. You know, it's not like a big request. It's not like people think it's going to break the game. Just a little fun thing to do. Why would you give it to you on a fucking limited time basis? If I had to guess, I would say that they'll put it up for three weeks. And then probably like a few weeks after that, they'll be like, Ah, we're just going to put it up full time. Because there's going to realise that they just need to give people playing Destiny anything else. Anything new. It doesn't have to be much. Race each other on the fucking sparrows. Could be enough to get people just... It's just that little bit more variety that'll keep people engaged. I don't get why they would do this. Just dangle it in front of people for three weeks. Just take it away at the end of the year. They can't. They're going to bring it back. If not permanently then it'll probably be like every other month they'll be like oh Sparrow Race is back everyone play our game again please that would be my guess so with that depressing bit of Destiny news I think that's it I think that's the news for the week over we did it we got to the end of it just fine oh goodness me hopefully there was something in there that you guys hadn't heard uh, actually some really good stuff coming out of the Game Awards I, w- I didn't enjoy it as much this year as last year the awards there seems to be less of an emphasis on the actual awards it was more about the world premieres there was fucking shitloads of adverts as well for I can't remember what it was called V90 or something some app looked gash just when they were for example showing the uh, nominees for Game of the Year the big award of the night the final award like the exclamation point on the game awards it was like The Witcher 3 4 seconds of footage 
Fallout 4. Four seconds of footage. You know what I mean? Like, these awards need to feel important. If you just brush these awards off, like, in a one-minute segment, if you take 60 seconds to talk about something, I'm not going to give a fuck, because I know you don't give a fuck. But if you're like, Metal Gear Solid 5, then you show, like, 15 seconds minimum of, like, in-game stuff happening, cutscenes, bits where Kiefer Sutherland's doing a bit of voice acting as well, then you're like, Fallout 4, and you show like some of the stuff that goes on in that game for 15-20 seconds, give these games a, f- a bit more time to shine. It always annoys me when like the Oscars do this as well. It'll be like, award for best actor nominee, the, that guy who's in all the Quentin Tarantino films, that German guy, you know the guy. And then it'll cut to him saying like, one line of dialogue. Like he'll be like, oh, you know me, Django. And then just fucking cut away. Like, I want to see a good 20, 25 seconds of this guy acting his fucking face off. So that I know when he wins, I can go, okay, yeah, that guy looked like he was acting his fucking heart out in that scene. I want the same for games. I want, I want highlights. I want 30 seconds of jaw-dropping shit. That makes me go, you know, when The Witcher 3 wins Game of the Year, and it's a game I didn't necessarily back in any way, I want to look at the footage and go, yeah, I kind of see why that might win Game of the Year. But when you have five seconds of, like, Gestalt, is that his name? I think that's his name, Gestalt. Like, just flinging sword at ghosts. And then you cut to, like, Metal Gear Solid 5, which has, like, big boss, like, sprinting through the desert, riding a horse, dozens of soldiers, like, saluting him as he rides off in a helicopter, like, you know, you... In those five seconds, you you just you need longer. That's the way you, these awards are gonna evolve, is by treating them like the Oscars. You know, give everything more more time. I will say, my highlight of the night goes to uh, Troy Baker. Now here's a man of many voices and talents. This is Troy Baker. Thank you. You know, people often ask me, how does one get into acting in video games? And the process is surprisingly simple. Step one, save up your money, buy a decent microphone. And then, wait for Nolan North and I to die. See, it was good, wasn't it? You knew it was good. All right, let's move on. Away from the news, away from the Game Awards, away from Final Fantasy 7 and why I didn't like what I saw and let's move on to our music segment now I'm going to set it up a bit before we go in we're in December the year is winding down we're almost at the end and I am a big fan of video game music as you probably know it's been a good year for it we've had plenty of awesome soundtracks so what I'm going to do over the next few weeks is play you sort of what I consider to be the finalists for best soundtrack of the year. Uh, I have four in mind. That I won't spoil. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to be playing a track from them each week. And then when we get to our game of the year. I'll reveal which one is the best. But you'll have a few weeks of listening to them. To realise. There were some really good soundtracks this year guys. So. Have fun. Listening to 
video game music. Hi guys, it's me again. You just heard me 10 seconds ago, but I'm back now. Uh, the music I'll be playing for you this week is from a game that came out close to the start of the year that I wasn't excited about until it was being released and then all of a sudden I was really excited about and that game is Hotline Miami 2. When I look back at this year in soundtracks that's the one that sticks out in my mind because it was one of the first of the year that really grabbed me by the fucking balls. I have that soundtrack on my phone and I've listened to it pretty much every time I ever leave the house I listen to at least one track from it. Uh, it's, it's such a powerful soundtrack. So much just atmosphere just crammed in to one load of 80s sounding gloriousness. So I'll be playing a track from that. The track is called Roller Mobster. It's by Carpenter Brooks. The soundtrack is Hotline Miami 2, wrong number, and it's one of my finalists for Soundtrack of the Year.
approaching the end of this week's podcast now as we move on to what have I been playing. Uh, this won't take too long because, you know, normally in what have we been playing, the length of that segment comes from the back and forth between, you know, oh, you played Destiny, oh, that shit, oh, no, it's not, oh, yeah, it is. But this week there won't be any of that because it's just me. Um, so, in the past week, I have been working on two games that were on my to playlist for the year. Um, as I said earlier, you know, it gets to the end of the year, you want to knock off all the games that you can so that when you hear everybody talking about them, you'll be in the loop. So that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, so I've been playing this week, the first game I'll tell you about, is Rocket League. Uh, it passed me by when it first came out. Like I said, I think of it as a PS4 game in my mind because when it launched on the PS4, it was free. So every fucker had a PS4, downloaded it, played a shitload of it. That seemed to be where the majority of the player base was. And I was sad because I didn't have a PS4. Thought about getting it when it came out, but it was like 15 quid and it just never really seemed like the right time. And then, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine bought it me for my birthday slash Christmas present, which is very nice of him. Um, and it means I've been playing it. So I played all the practice stuff, like the training sessions to get used to it. Played like three or four games against actual people. And people are really good at that game. I'm not one of them yet. People can definitely give you a good dick in um, on Rocket League. <laughs> uh, it's so much fun though. Just If you don't know by now, it's car football. But the cars control beautifully. You can jump, you can double jump, you can dodge either side, you boost, you can fly. If you sort of time your boost and jumps just right. You have so much control... And that's what it boils down to. It feels good to control. It's one of those games that when you have a controller in your hand, and yes, I am playing this on PC. You can play it with mouse and keyboard, but why would you? Um, when you have a controller in your hand, and every little movement you make is just perfectly translated to the screen. It just it puts that thing in your head of like, if you're not doing anything with yourself, you'll be sat around thinking... I really want to just be playing Rocket League right now. I just want to feel the, that level of control over a game. It's it's phenomenal. I want to play more of it, but I kind of don't want to play on my own. Because I know I'm bad at it. And also, because... Maybe it's just me. But because I think of that game as a PS4 game. Not as a PC game. Knowing that the PC will have a lot less players... And they'll have been playing it for a lot longer. That makes me nervous to play against people. Because I know they'll be so much better than me by now. You think about it. I'm getting into Rocket League. Man, it must be like six months after the game came out. I only got it because a friend bought it for me. It's not like... I don't think it was even in a sale. So it's not like, you know, it's on sale. A load of new people will buy it and there'll be more noobs to play against. I'd just be playing against people who have probably been playing this for about six months. And that's never fun to be in. That's, you know, just getting absolutely demolished non-stop by people who are a lot better than you. And people are a lot better than me, let me tell you. If you've only played, like, three games of Rocket League, you are not good at the game. I found this out firsthand. Like, you're just constantly flipping all over the place, missing the ball. People are just blowing you up left, right and centre, willy-nilly. 
you'll think like, right, okay, I'm going to drive towards the ball now. And, uh, oh, blown up. Okay, I respawn. Right, okay, the ball's going to land any second now. I'll just jump to get that. And I've flown a mile past it and they've scored because no one was there to defend. Because I just flew past the ball and couldn't get back. Um, so frustrating to be that bad at game. Um, and I, like I said, I'm nervous to play it online because I feel like my level of awfulness will bring a team down. And I don't want to be the, the weak link on a team. Uh, I kind of want to just wait until my friends who play it are on and play in it before I'm like, can I join you? Um, but I can see what all the fuss was about. It it took like three seconds of playing it to be like, okay, this just feels great to handle. Like, it just, it has a feel that I equate to like, you know Tony Hawk's games? If you were ever a fan of Tony Hawk's games, there's like, there's an immediacy to everything you do. Like, you want to jump, do a kickflip and grab? You can do it. You can do it in the 1.5 seconds you're off the ground if you're quick enough, you know? It's that kind of level of accuracy. And it's it's intoxicating. It's enticing. There have been a number of times the past few games where I've been sat there with, like, nothing to do. The show I'll be watching has just ended and I'm like, could really go for some Rocket League right now. It's like... If you have something really satisfying to play with, does that do other people do that? Like, I, for example, if I tap this on the, this is I have a little piece of plastic here, right? And one of the, it broke off something. I don't know what. I found it like outside my room. No idea what it's from, but one of the edges that broke off is, is a little bit sharp, but not sharp enough to break the skin. But I just like poking it, you know, it's something tactile. It's just satisfying about having a. Giving a little poke. Rocket League is the same way. It just scratches an itch to play. And I haven't gotten to scratch it. So I hope to scratch it more. Um, hopefully my fears about the game are unjust. And there are people as shit as me that I can play against and feel some degree of competition with. Uh, that remains to be seen. We'll only find out in the next few weeks. Second game I've been playing this week, in an effort to catch up, is Tales from the Borderlands. Yep, a telltale game, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, I've been playing. Based in the Borderlands universe, a universe I love. I have played Borderlands 1 to death, Borderlands 2 to death, Borderlands the pre-sequel to death, and now I'm playing through Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, it was always going to happen. It was uh, 50% off a couple of days ago now. I uh, bought it at the same time I bought Undertale, which we'll be uh, moving on to at some point. Uh, but yeah, we're playing that. I'm through the first two episodes, I want to say. No, first three. First two. First two episodes. Ah, the first one was a lot longer than the second, so I thought maybe that was, that was two at a time. But no, so I played the first two episodes. It's good. It's as good as you expect a Telltale game to be. Um, the puzzly stuff is super easy. It all comes down to sort of how you handle the characters and whether you're true to their characters. So it's like, you know, you're in a conversation. You control multiple characters as well. Depending on which one you're playing as, you might want to play a conversation differently. You can't just always have the same attitude for both guys. 
one's a bit cocky than the other one, one's a bit of a dick sometimes, so you got to sort of play up those aspects of the characters, and it's really fun. Plus it's set in a universe I love, featuring recurring characters that I adore. Uh, there's already been a few Vault Hunters in there, uh, a couple of characters from that universe, and I expect a lot more are going to pop up, and that excites me, because, you know, I'm a person, probably in the minority, who actually really likes the story of the Borderlands games. Borderlands 1, okay, you just open a vault and big creature inside. Not the best. Borderlands 2 goes a long way to expanding that universe, and the pre-sequel um, keeps the story going in an interesting way. The way the pre-sequel ends will like sets up the next Borderlands game, if that makes sense. So, like... It'll go Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, the pre-sequel, which is set in between 1 and 2, but after 2 as well, and then it'll go Borderlands 3. With this, Tales from the Borderlands, in between the pre-sequel and 3. If that makes any sense to you, then good. I don't think I explained it very well, but it makes sense to me. Um, So it's sort of, it's the next entry in that story, in a universe I like, full of characters I like. Um, it's weird being in a Borderlands game seeing people shooting guns and knowing how the actual gameplay of a Borderlands game is intimately I've played many many hundreds of hours of Borderlands games I know very clearly how the the gunplay works in those games and yet to see these characters obviously in this universe they have to shoot things sometimes to see them shooting things in a way that doesn't adhere to the Borderlands formulas. Oh, it's horrible. There's a character literally at one point shooting an electric weapon at Skags. And the Skags are barely even moving and I'm like, that's that's not how Skags behave. They they run towards you at the very fucking least. And a, that elemental effect might even not be that effective. You really want some burn on there. That's, that's really going to set them, set them uh, in their place. But anyway... I'm really enjoying it. I'm only two chapters in. <laughs> um, looking forward to the next three. I'm kind of doing it a chapter a day. But yeah, I, I don't want to go into detail because there's some things that have happened that could possibly be considered spoilers. It's really hard to talk about an adventure game without talking about the story. But the characters are solid. Uh, you got Troy Baker doing a voice in there. Nolan North in there. You've got some other people, probably. The guy who does um, Joe in Family Guy, he's a pretty prominent voice. He's doing a really good job. And some returning voice actors from previous Borderlands games as well, which, for a big Borderlands nerd like me, is thrilling. So, the games that are still to come for me, like I said, I bought Undertale. I own it. It's on my hard drive as we speak. I'm going to wait until I finish Tales of the Borderlands to play it. Um, it's the game that everyone's been talking about the past few months. This indie game that nobody was even thinking about until it came out. And then all of a sudden, everyone's raving about it. Excited to finally dig in when I get round to it. Also, still to play for me, Broken Age Act 2. Uh, I was super psyched for the second half with Broken Age. I loved the first half. I wanted to put it on my game of the year list last year, but because it wasn't finished, I couldn't in good conscience do that. 
So I was thinking, once you know, once part two comes out, the game's officially complete, then I can put it on my game of the year for 2015. And then it just so happens that this whole year I've not played part two. Um, so I had to get around to that before the end of the year, but that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I don't think my PC is going to be able to run Just Cause 3, which is a, a bummer, but I played so much Just Cause 2 that I kind of know what I'll be getting into anyway. So I'm not that sort of upset about it, but that's pretty much it. Undertale and Broken Ajax 2 are the only two things left for me to play this year that I think will make a, a top 10 list of mine potentially. So I'm almost done, guys. When 2015's all said and done, all wrapped up, I'm going to look back on it and say, I played every single game that I wanted to in that entire year, which is a good feeling. I hope you guys also have that same feeling. I hope you don't have a a pile of games, you know, 10 high, because you've been maybe playing Destiny all year and nothing else. I hope you take the time to... Appreciate the games that have come out this year and the games you've still not played. If you've got Fallout 4 there waiting to be played, what the hell is wrong with you? If you didn't get round to playing Metal Gear Solid V for uh, the fan of pain, <laughs> then you should. You only have about a month left before every website, every video game podcast, every fucker in the world is going to be talking about every game that came out this year. They probably won't care if they spoil it for you because a lot of people are douchebags. Just beware this time of year. You know, a puppy is not just for Christmas, it's for life. Beware video game press in December. Those are the two rules to live by around Christmas. Um, But I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, I apologise that it was just me. Uh, I tried to throw as much of my opinions in there as possible. Hopefully you didn't find them too abhorrent. Um, And hopefully there was some news in there that you hadn't heard. I tried to make that the focal point. Tried to talk as much about the news as I could. But there wasn't actually that much huge news apart from the the Game Awards. Um, So, that's it for this week's podcast. I have been your host Gareth. We'll return next week with hopefully a bigger crew than just me I cross my fingers for that because do it on your own is god it's exhausting um, listen to us on Audio Boom, iTunes, Stitcher GameBanter.co.uk is where you'll find all of our old episodes to download have them on a hard drive listen to them as many times as you want for all I care um, also you'll find links there to the Twitter page the Facebook page like I said earlier all I post on there is the uh, podcast. Occasionally on Twitter I'll post bullshit. Everyone posts bullshit on Twitter. Um, but the Facebook page, I'd appreciate a like on there because it shows me that somebody likes it. <laughs> Obviously. And like, yeah, you want to know when the newest podcast is out. That's the best way to find out. If you give us a rate on iTunes, that's always nice. But don't worry. I, I won't hold it against you if you don't. So... This has been episode 92 of the Game Central Podcast. What a weird way for me to say that with all weird intonation. What the fuck am I doing? Bye.